0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 102. These days, a big part of the cruise experience, both before the cruise and during the cruise, is sharing your cruise vacation with friends and family. Social media has become a really big way that we get to bring others along virtually and show off how much fun we're having. This week, I'm happy to have Joe Tolley on the podcast to talk about how folks can use social media to enhance their own cruise experience as well and also share in the ways in which Royal Caribbean is looking to get more and more guests using it as well. Here we go. If you were to ask me the biggest change to vacationing in the last five years, I would say it has to be the advent and proliferation of social media among vacationers. Think about it. When you book a Royal Caribbean cruise, probably one of the first things that many people do is go on Facebook or Twitter or (laughs) MySpace, I suppose, and make a post to tell everyone they have their next vacation booked. It's a source of pride, excitement, And it's the first part of leveraging social media to bring our friends and family into the experience with us. Now, this is just one example of how important social media has become, I think, to cruisers. And so this week, I wanted to take a deeper look at how all of us can use social media to enhance our Royal Caribbean cruise experience. And when we talk social media on this podcast, I have to bring a man on who is the grand poobah posting the Maharaja of media and the purveyor of Periscope. It's Joe Tolley of CruiseHangout.com. Welcome back to the podcast, Joe. (laughs) thanks man thanks for having me back (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and you know i I mentioned this on the live show but i want to share this story again to make sure no one you know skipped over that part but i the reason why i mean i obviously your your big focus is on social media you're just kind of a fan of it as many of us are and i I give you a ton of credit because this is uh, a couple months ago i was going on quantum of the season i think like the week before i went on there i was talking joe i was go about to go on the tweeting stuff, and Joe sends me a tweet that says, oh, dude, you got to go and do a Periscope. You'll be the first person to do it from sea. And Periscope is this new app. We're going to talk about it in here in a second, but I'm thinking to myself, like, come on. No one cares. And so I didn't think about it for a <laughs> while. And, like, the last day of my cruise, I think by that point I'd seen so much information about it, so many people talking about it. I was like, all right, I do it. And I did it. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. So – there you go. There's proof in the pudding as to why Joe is Mr. Social Media in my in my book here. And let's start with that, Joe. Let's talk, let's start with Periscope. Uh, let's explain first of all what is Periscope and talk about how uh, this and its competitor Meerkat have kind of you know changed a little bit how people are sharing their cruise vacation. Um. Yeah, both of these apps are really great. What happened was
1: um at South by Southwest earlier, earlier this year, uh, Meerkat came out and what it is is a it's a live broadcasting app that allows you to, you know, videotape whatever you're doing wherever you are and um you know people can and you obviously you're talking while you're giving the broadcast and people can comment um uh while wh- while you're doing everything live. Um, so it came out and it kind of blew up at South by Southwest, which is the big digital. Well, it's, a, it's an everything conference in Austin, Texas every year, but part of it's digital. And uh, actually, Foursquare was launched there. So there, there was some been some big apps that have historically launched there. Uh, the problem is for Meerkat. And actually, I don't know if it's a problem because I'm not on Meerkat. Uh, but t- Twitter uh, bought the rights to Periscope shortly after that and then launched it uh I don't know, within a month or something like that after that and automatically uh, connected it to your Twitter account. So it became this seamless integration with Twitter to where you could start doing a Periscope uh, and it'd be automatically pushed out to your Twitter account and, and all of your friends that you follow on Twitter. You can you basically become automatic friends with them on Periscope and it's a very mutual relationship that way. Uh, but it's just a great way um, to basically share what you're doing instead of in 144 characters, you can do it live on video and for as long as you want um, and then it it, uh, it records it you can keep it uh, you, or you can save it to Periscope and Periscope I believe keeps it for 24 hours and if you want to keep it uh, beyond that you can save it down to your um, to your gallery on your phone and then you can upload it to YouTube or do whatever you want to after that but um, yeah it's just a it's a great app and travel seems to be one of the best areas that uh, Periscope could be used
0: yeah I think it's just I think it's the a great example of like a microcosm of what we're talking about here, because the idea is that you just, you're, you're on your cruise ship or you're getting on there and what do you do? You whip, you know, you whip out your phone, you turn on Periscope and boom, all of a sudden you're sharing the experience, maybe with friends and family, but also with a lot of other people that might just want to be seeing what's going on. And this is what I think people really enjoy people. I think at the core, what we're really going to be talking about here, Joe is people like sharing their experience uh, you know, their vacation experience. It's fun to be there, but it's even, I think people get a lot of, uh, a great sense of uh, enjoyment of sharing with others, like, hey, look, our family's having a great time. Like, as an, I mean, as a real basic example, you know, uh, my, when I go on vacation, I love to send my, my parents photos and and videos, if I can, of, you know, of us having a good time. It's kind of like, you know, it shows them that we're a, we're safe and B, we're having <laughs> a, you know, we're having a good time. That's kind of, you know, what it's all about. And, and this kind of, a, the way that it. The way that technology has made this so easy is is really phenomenal. I mean, think about it, Joe. When we were kids, you know, what happened? You went down to wherever you went. Dad took out the camera or the video cor- camcorder, if you were lucky. You know, took the stuff, but no one saw it until you got back. And then even then, it was like, nah, whatever. You know, maybe we don't even care. Um, it's it's changed quite a bit, actually. I did a little bit of research here. There was actually an article in Adweek. I know this is really shocking. I'm doing real research. For this. <laughs> and in Adweek, they mentioned there was a research firm, YouGov... I know, it's a household name. And they surveyed more than 2,000 United States adults to find out how social media engagement impacted vacation enjoyment. And according to them, more than half the respondents indicated that they shared photos because they simply liked sharing photos, which was 61%, to update friends and family about their whereabouts, 58%, and to capture holiday moments, 52%. They also said one in four travelers tries to share photos within an hour of arriving at the destination. That's huge. Yep. I mean, that's just, Um, you know, it's, it's really... It, to me, I don't know. Every, if you take a step back and think about how that's changed, and and you lever, go back to a cruise experience, it it changes kind of the way that we look at cruises and the way that we share our experience with others, right? Well, I mean, let's face it, and I don't mean this as negative as it sounds, but we're all
1: narcissists. <laughs> what? <laughs> we want to go out. We want to go out and immediately say, "Hey, look how better my life is than yours." <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention and, to you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, exactly what you said. We want to go somewhere. The first thing we want to do is we want to check into Foursquare Swarm, let people know that we checked it at a certain specific place, take a picture of it, throw it on Instagram. You know, nowadays through cat and Periscope to a quick video of, of where we are when we arrive. And I, I argue these days when we t- when we uh, travel that there are times we would probably actually do something specifically so that we can get that image, so that we can share that image, so that we can share that video, uh, as opposed to thinking, nah, nah, we don't need to go
0: over there today. So I think it actually tra- changes our travel habits a little bit. I think so too. And the other thing that a lot of people bring up, I'm not sure. I want to get your thoughts on this, Joe. A lot of people say that the other thing, the other great advantage of social media, not so much for uh, con- not so much for consumers, but for the the cruise lines, is it generates PR for them. I'm not sure if it generates all that much. Like I'm not sure that anybody. I'm not sure it's a one to one relationship, but I guess it helps, right? That for the cruise lines to have, if if I if I'm your your friend, Joe, and I'm following you on. Facebook or Twitter or what have you, and I see photos of you on a particular ship. Like You're going to Enchantment of the Seas, I know, coming up later this year. And mm-hmm. if I see the if you having a good time on there, I might think, myself, wow, maybe I need to take a Royal Caribbean cruise on Enchantment of the Seas too and check it out for myself. I mean, do you think there's a it's a one-on-one or it, it, it doesn't hurt? It definitely doesn't hurt. I think it's a,
1: it's got a bit of an advantage because, you know, obviously I'll be uh, tweeting and doing everything I can on the ship uh, as much as possible and, you know, calling out Royal Caribbean as I'm doing it. Um, obviously to try to get a little pat on the back from them. But, uh, um, so, you know, there'll, there'll be some branding just from me doing that. And then, um, you know, if, if any of my friends who are following me decide, hey, maybe I'll try to go on a cruise at some point in the future who have, hasn't cruised before, then they're going to remember that I was on a Royal Caribbean ship. So just kind of by accident, they're, they'll probably pursue, you know, going through Royal Caribbean as opposed to another brand.
0: Sure. Um, let's talk about before the cruise. So, you book the cruise. You just posted the the selfie of you with a thumbs up next to the computer with the, <laughs> with, the, with the year booked, and uh, you're ready to go. Uh, what are some good apps or means of using social media, I guess, to help plan your cruise vacation? Um, I tell you what. I'll even go back a little bit before that. Okay. Um,
1: and one of the ways that you know I personally like to kind of determine which cruise i want to go on obviously it's going to depend on time time of the year length um uh- which ship i want to go on and price and a whole bunch of different factors but once i narrow it down to a few different options one of the first things i do is i spend the entire week on youtube and just actually searching specific ships you know if there's a choice chance of your choice of three ships that i want to go on i'll specifically search those ships uh and then search uh in order of date so that i get the um you know the latest videos that people have shot from those ships so i can get an actual real-time uh your real view of what that ship looks like, and and not the polished uh, version that the, all the all of the you know main websites from the different brands would put out there, the polished image. And that's just a really good way to say, hey, this isn't a bad ship after all, even though it's an older ship. Or hey, this is a nice big ship, but it's actually not as nice as it looks in the publication. So that's just a great way that I've used in the past to um, you know just to actually determine what I would even want to go on.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a great point about YouTube, though, because I think a lot of people. I mean, even I'm not even sure it's necessarily. I mean, you need to go plan to pick out a ship. I'm going to go to YouTube, but it's just a fun thing to do. It's yeah. a great way to pass the time, and you know, you're missing cruising. You you want to get back on there, and maybe you know, it doesn't matter when your cruise is going to be next week, it could be you know, two years from now. It's a fun thing to be able to do because it's a great way to get kind of a, a way to explore these ships virtually. A lot of people do these walkthrough videos, and kind. Of, I love those things. I love getting mm-hmm. like a uh, kind of a a day-in-the-moment kind of sense of, like, this is what it's like on the ship. And I think people, A, there's an enjoyment factor to it, just, you know, be able to, like, okay, that's, like, it, it's like the old days when you know, people used to smoke and they would be, like, you know, they, they'd take the first puff and it's, like, ah, oh, that's the stuff, you know, what it's, like. <laughs> but, but, you know, for cruising and going on YouTube, that's, like, the next best thing, because it's, like, ah, oh, and that webcams to, to another extent to that. But then I think it plays into that, Joe. If someone goes and sees a video of, you know, this maybe they didn't understand how awesome a ship, you know was in terms of what it offers and they see it on there and it's like wow that I didn't know that maybe then that impacts their uh, their buy, their buying decisions yeah possibly could. definitely um
1: yeah after after you know after we book a cruise and everything um one of the big things that I do and this has actually changed over the past few years and I, I don't know I tried to think about it. I don't know the exact reason for it, but when I first started cruising, I started getting into the roll calls off of uh, Cruise Critic. Oh yeah, and and um, you know now with the Shipmate app, they have a, a nice roll call on on that app for the iPhone or for all the different mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I've noticed is it seems like recently in the past couple of years, the roll calls aren't as active, or at least the ships that I've been on haven't been as active, and they've been hit or miss. Um, but what you do, what you typically do is, is I would go to Cruise Critic and, and there's a um, specific board just for roll calls and you can, uh, you, know, you know, find the cruise line that you go on, find the specific ship that you want to go on and then find the specific date for it. And chances are somebody will have already put up a roll call and then other people who are on that ship, you know, join it and say, hey, me and my. My wife, my family, my kids, my you know, grandparents, just me single or whatever it is, uh, gets on there. And then you can kind of pre-meet people um, who are going to be on your cruise. And then a lot of times uh, you can actually set up a, a, a mingle date uh, on you know, first or second night of the cruise or something like that where you kind of all get together and have some drinks at a bar and just kind of get together. So you already know people that are, that's
0: on the ship. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know the other thing was you mentioned that it's been a little more hit or miss in terms of you know uh, the, the amount of people that – the because you have to have at least, I think, 25 people I think is the number. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Cruise Critic has a relationship with Royal Caribbean, and if you right. get – like, Joe, you, you described it perfectly. And if you get 25 people that sign up for it and register, then you'll have a, a meet and mingle. And you know what I think, going back to social media, I think actually Facebook has been responsible for that. I think the the rise of, of Facebook has drawn people away from message boards because people went I, to message boards because they had no choice in the past. But, I mean, there's a huge uh, – I don't know what to call it a market, but a huge uh, community on Facebook especially, I know, of, of of people that are chatting there. And since people are already on Facebook because that's just – everyone is on Facebook these days it seems – that's kind of where they figure, well, why leave where I already am? And I think that's – to me, in my opinion, I think that's kind of been responsible for kind of the uh, the less amount of meet and mingles that maybe than compared to a couple of years ago. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because the last cruise we
1: went on, it was with a, uh, another cruise line who does not have a relationship. <sighs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. i was <laughs> just joking. They made me go. It was on another cruise line, and they do not have a relationship with Cruise Critic like uh, Royal Caribbean does, and so it was. You know, there was some activity on it, but it was relatively dead, and ended up um, the same people that was on that board actually started a board on Facebook, and and that board on Facebook kind of blew up, and so. It was just weird because it's like, oh, my gosh, are we actually moving back to Facebook now? Which I personally (laughs) don't want to do because I can't stand Facebook. Just have to be on there. But um, yes, that's the way it is. And um, you you go where the people are. And the majority of the people, I think, for non-Cruise Critic relation lines is probably on Facebook. So I
0: definitely agree with you. Yeah. Um, So – we're talking. The other thing we we talked about a little bit about this with YouTube and you know its ability to kind of get you excited and, and help you understand information. And we talked about Facebook, but you know there's also I think uh, Pinterest is a great site as well mm-hmm. as social media for getting more information about a cruise. There's my wife probably can owe a number of cruise positive cruise experiences to Pinterest from like their packing list because there's one for like. Every known end. It's like packing a list for people from the Northeast that have at least two children <laughs> and are going on a cruise. <laughs> and I'm joking, but there's probably is one that's like that. Um, um, it. but it. But it's a great source of information, and again, getting yourself excited for the experience.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm, Pinterest is the ultimate scrapbook, and uh, you just sit there and collect as much data as you can before a cruise. And boom, throw it on a board and call it up, and then you know when it comes time to actually act. Uh, get ready for the cruise and everything. You've got your pin board there, and it's basically a virtual checklist right in front of you.
0: <laughs> how about uh, sharing your vacation while it's actually happening? So you're on the ship now, Joe. How do you how do you go about? Uh, what are some good ways of sharing the experience on social media? Uh, I definitely think that
1: Periscope is going to be changing, or well, should be changing how things will be shared these days. I I have noticed that I th- I think in the cruise. Industry itself, past cruise passengers, and I'm. This is an overgeneralization, so I apologize. Uh, we probably aren't as quick to respond to advances in technology, so I, that's one of the reasons why I don't think Periscope has caught on tremendously in the in the cruise area. Um, because I just don't think a lot of techies take cruises, like generally speaking. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I, I personally can't wait. That's one thing that's been driving me nuts too about Periscope is. Since this isn't like a full time job for me or anything, I go on about one cruise a year and I've been chomping at the bit to get on a ship's so fucking periscope like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't, and I'm not going to be on, on it until September. So I'm just like, please let it periscope still be around, which I'm sure it will. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, one of the things I can't wait for personally is just when I get on the ship is just to share with the entire world and whoever cares. This will be my first time actually on a Royal Caribbean ship, and I am so excited about that. And so first thing I'm going to do is Periscope actually going across the gangway and getting onto the ship, making sure everybody can experience that with me like anybody else cares. But anyway,
0: <laughs> that's, that's it's, definitely It's my definitely plan. a fun thing to do, no question about it. The only issue is you're going to have – and we should probably mention that you need to be on a ship that has the higher speed internet because the slower internet. I mean, when you're at sea, there's no way you're yeah, able to yeah. periscope, let alone probably share just a photo on on Facebook. Um, and we'll talk about yeah. the plans in just a little bit. But what's your prefer- if you're going to share a photo, Joe, on on the ship? What's your preferred network? Where do you think and and kind of what's your preferred network and where do you think the audience is if you if you're looking to get maximum exposure? Maybe you just want to kind of share your experience with as much people as possible. Where do you think that is? Uh, generally
1: speaking, I would use Instagram uh, just because it completely or it automatically attaches to my Facebook and Twitter account, mm-hmm. and so I can share in three social media sites at one time. Um, and I've essentially got three well, I'd say two and a half different audiences there. My Twitter uh, account is a lot different than my Facebook account, and my Instagram account is relatively similar to, to my uh, Facebook account, but still a little you know different enough to where you know I've got three sets of people that I'll be sharing with right there. It's just a, great, uh, just a great way of doing it. I think the problem with face sharing directly to Facebook is just the way their algorithms are and how they set up news feeds. People don't necessarily see your post as it's happening. Um, so, you know, I'm still getting posts today of something that a friend of mine posted three days ago as if it's just now happened. Um, and I'm like, oh, I want to like that. And I'm like, oh, that's going to make me look like I'm creeping out on this page because he did it three days ago. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a problem with that. And then Twitter itself has its problem because if it doesn't fit up, you know, hit the stream as soon as you see the, uh, as soon as you see your feed, you're, you're going to miss it. Uh, so, you know, Instagram is the best way of doing it. I think just because a lot of people, since it's just photography, since it's just photography, you're going to open up your Instagram, uh, feed on your phone and you're just going to sit there and thumb through, you know, the, probably the entire past day at any given time. And so since it automatically feeds to your Facebook and, uh, Twitter page anyway, it's just killing three birds with one stone.
0: Yeah, I agree. Instagram is just great for that exact reason. It's just it just sends it all out and it's pretty easy. The onboard internet packages, by the way, actually, real quick, made this a whole lot easier. If we had done this podcast like two weeks ago, Joe, we would have gone through a whole tirade about internet packages, <laughs> but it got a whole lot simpler now. Essentially, if you're on a ship that has the high speed internet called Zoom, that's what they're calling their high speed internet. Uh, it's basically just a, it's going to be a flat fee of fifteen dollars per day, unless you order one of the uh, packages. That gives you kind of uh, fifteen dollars a day for one device, and um, it's actually twenty two fifty for two devices. It's like fifty percent discount on the second device. If you're on a ship that has slower internet speeds, it'll be uh, twenty dollars for one device, thirty dollars uh, for the second device for two devices, and that's per day for the duration of your cruise. It's just like the drink packages, you buy it and it's for the whole length. The interesting thing is, up to right as of right now, the high speed internet Voom is only available on the Quantum class ships and the Oasis class ships. But by mid twenty sixteen, Royal Caribbean has said that they're actually going to be rolling out the high speed packages, the Voom service, to all of its Caribbean based ships, um, and that's pretty darn cool if you ask me. Because that's going to, when you've been on a ship that has it, boy, does it make a difference. I'll tell you because yes, it's, it's it's an it's an incredible feat that you can you can stream video, you can go FaceTime, you can do pretty much anything you do at home and that's what they kind of advertise, and that's a huge change because joe we've all we've both been there where we've been on these ships and it's like to say it's dial-up speed would be a compliment oh yeah it's it's like going back to
1: 24.4 <laughs> or whatever that speed was 28 i don't even remember what it was but yeah i can hear the ringtone in the background it seems yeah, like fourteen-four twenty-eight-eight. right i'm gonna show my geekness right here there you go thank you yeah. It's like, what, you, what have you been doing for the past 20 minutes? I posted a photo, a photo to Facebook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it took me 10 times, but exactly. I finally got it. <laughs> yeah. So the internet's, I think that's going to make a huge difference, especially when you get those high-speed packages. And it is it is pretty, it's relatively speaking, it's cheaper than it was. And I think that's a that's a good thing. I can afford, I think most people can say, you know what, $15 a day? Yeah, I can swing that. And to have, the only thing I wish Royal Caribbean would do, and this is kind of cool because we'll talk about what Carnival has done. They have a, Five dollar a day package for so, just for social media, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool, and that's a and that that just allows you basically to share stuff on select social media platforms. But that's like, but you know, you can't use email or go check your do anything else on there. But I think for a lot of people, that's all they really want to do, right? Is just do social media, and that kind of maybe is a commentary on the rise of social media itself. I think so. Uh, that's one thing that's always kind of driven me a little
1: bit crazy. Just how the cruise lines have been doing it. And I'm sure it's the technology and I don't know exactly how all the technology has worked in the past. So I'm sure they've done the best that they can with it. But it always drove me nuts that they paid for minute instead of for data, historically speaking. Because yeah. like we said, you know, if it took you 10 minutes to post a photo, I'm using hardly any data and yet half of my plan's are already done. And yeah. the prices were so expensive, it would just drive me crazy. And it's it's almost like it's just impossible to do. And so I'm definitely glad to see that uh, you know a lot of them are moving over to the what essentially is a data plan. I think you know twenty dollars a day is essentially a data plan for me because it gives you an unlimited per day. Um, but I've always thought the best way to go about it would be you know I don't even know you give every passenger on the ship. Of course, this is dreaming here, but like give everybody on the passenger or give every passenger on the ship or every cabin on the ship or something like that. You know, hundred megabytes that they can. Of data that they can just use
0: for free, and yeah, then and then that's start tearing the, it up. That's called the drug dealer method. You give them a little taste, exactly. and then you wait for them so. to come back for more. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that works. You know, the other thing is, by the way, uh, Disney Cruise Line does the megabyte. They changed their packages, I think, about a year ago or so, right. to be instead of time based, uh, size based, which does make sense because it really doesn't matter that you're just sitting on there. It's it's been a waste. And I I think Royal Caribbean also recognizes that the old internet was just a terrible guest experience i mean no one liked it and you'd always see people complaining about it and you know to guest services and be like you know this is i i spent like you said i spent an hour trying to upload this thing and all i did was one photo but yet i've wasted my whole package on this essentially and i think they're kind of you know they're, they're reading the tea leaves there with trying to move towards the better package which also is probably a better source of revenue for them as well so it's kind of it's mm-hmm. win-win i think of everybody
1: yeah, if they, you know, as long as they can get people on there to share things, it's just it, it seems like it would just be a great even if it's a lost leader, it'd be great for the for
0: for them. I think. Absolutely. The other thing is, you can. We should mention that you're not just limited to the internet you have on board the ship. I think for a lot of people, they actually wait for the Wi-Fi on shore because a lot of times it's going to be cheaper than what Royal Caribbean offers. And also, it can be in some, some cases it's actually free, depending on where you're going. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an, that's another alternative. Even if you're on a cruise that has a small, uh, smaller, uh, slower internet speeds as well. If you're looking to just be able to look, I just want to upload photos at a normal pace, you know. And if you wait for your first port stop, you know, in uh, Nassau, Cozumel, wherever you know, Rome, wherever you happen to be, it can be a, a good alternative for uploading uh, or just kind of communicating and sharing your experience if, if you've got the patience for it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing if you need to do beforehand before you even get on the ship, uh, just do a quick, simple you know Google search for uh, Wi-Fi hotspots at the different ports you're going to. And there are tons and tons of articles and blog posts and you name it that uh, basically can give you a direction of where you can go, whether it's, uh, what is it, Senior Frogs in Nassau or um, different places like that or um uh, you know, also using your nogging like okay, I'm on AT and T, which is an American based phone so um, or American based carrier, so I'll be able to actually use the phone in Puerto Rico and in right. uh, the U- U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, you know so if you're going to those places, you know you don't have to maybe worry as as much about having a ship plan if you really really want to be connected because two of those ports uh, already would be. Um, so yeah, just doing your, doing your research beforehand on where you can actually use the internet when you're at the ports uh, could really help a lot. In streamlining what you want to do while you're on the ship, if you want to do anything at all, absolutely. Well,
0: it's it's. I think for a lot of people, share you know, social media. I think has become more and more a part of the cruise experience because again, it just goes back to that basic nature of wanting to share the fun. You're having a great time. You want other people to have a good time with you, and sharing those photos and videos is the way to go. But uh, it, this is it's an exciting time we live in, Joe. I got I got to say, and and I think this is some cool stuff here. But I appreciate you coming on here and and talking social media with us. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on here. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, Joe is going be ha- found at CruiseHangout.com. And you've got an enchantment of the Seas Cruise. And evidently, I would recommend following Joe on Twitter because he is just going to be doing, doing nothing but periscoping the entire time. So go check Joe out. Come at on, least until I get out of Port Canaveral's uh, <laughs> AT&T zone. <laughs> that
1: is a question I have for you. Is there a place on the ship that gets better Wi-Fi coverage than others where you could actually do something like that? Definitely
0: higher up. Outside, for sure, it'll be very easy. The problem is when you get into certain parts of the ship, mm-hmm. is the way, the I assume, the bulkhead's metal does not reflect signal very well. So there are definitely places... You're going to find that, like, probably the best places are going to be, obviously, on deck. Anywhere outside that you can see the sky... Yeah, it's gonna be better. The further away from down and inside the ship as possible. So you've got to, if you have an inside cabin on deck two, forget good it. Good luck, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know other places like the windjammer, you'll probably be able to because that's pretty close. To, you know, there's not much between you and the sky. Um, you know, it, you're on uh, enchantment, so you don't have a Royal promenade. But you might have some luck in the centrum. Um, you just kind of have to play with it. But again, essentially, the more outside you can be, the the better that your your chances. Oh, I will try my hardest for sure absolutely i'm looking forward to it i can't wait to to check it out and 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 send those hearts while i'm up there (laughs) i will will appreciate it (laughs) it's good periscope etiquette people yes all righty well joe thank you so much for your time thank you matt appreciate it it's time once again to answer your listener emails we're gonna start with an email from thomas meyer who writes my family and i are diamond members and going on our seventh cruise in suites on Serenade of the Seas for a 12-night over Christmas and New Year's. This will be the smallest ship we've been on, as we've been on Navigator of the Seas, Freedom of the Seas, and Independence of the Seas on past cruises. We wanted to know if there's a review since this latest dry dock, and if there's any information on how it's fair since its flooding back in early 2015. So the flooding you're talking about, actually I forgot about this, Thomas, there was in January 2015, the water pipe burst on Serenade of the Seas that caused some electrical problems, uh, that delayed the ship's departing New Orleans. Now this was like a one-time thing, and literally there's been nothing about it since. So I think it's safe to say that it's <laughs> there's no lingering issues because we would have probably heard about it by now. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, Serenade of the Seas actually got a refurbishment. It's part like just like every other ship in the fleet almost has gotten. It's got a pretty good one actually. Uh, there's a, a whole list of what's happened here. Essentially they've got uh, stateroom amenity upgrades like a flat screen television, new shower floors. That's actually a new one. The new shower floor is interesting. Uh, poolside Outside Movie screen, Concierge Club and Diamond Lounge. They've also added a number of restaurants. The Chef's Table, Giovanni's Table, Izumi, Rita's Cantina, and uh, the Park Cafe. They've also added the Royal Babies and Tots Nursery. There's Centrum Aerial Entertainment, Our Bar, one of my favorites, uh, Vintages, which is the uh, wine bar at sea, and an English-style pub or poob, as they would say. So there's been a lot that's been added on this ship. And I think it's a great ship, in fact. I wouldn't uh, necessarily even be all that concerned about what it's going to be offering you, because I think it's it offers a lot, and it's, it's probably one of the better refurbishments that's been out there. And I wonder, again, we've talked about this before in other episodes, don't worry so much about the size of the ship. I don't think it's necessarily the end-all, be-all of the experience. I think you're going to find that it offers a lot, and it's a beautiful ship, in fact. So I think you're going to have a great time on Serenade. And of course, Thomas, let me just know how your cruise goes with that. Uh, next, we have an email from... Jennifer Cogswell, right time, at I wanted to respond to Michael's email on episode ninety-four. We went on that cruise back in January. Had a great time. I would recommend the Midushi expir- excursion in Aruba. I hope I'm pronouncing it. it's M-I-D-U-S-H-I. Midushi, my dushi, whatever. Unlimited drinks, snorkeling spots, beautiful catamaran, attentive staff, delicious lunch, and lastly, a fantastic rope swing. We went on there. The secondly, Curacao. This is our first time visiting, but it won't be our last. We read a lot about the beaches, and the best ones were being in West Punt. It's worth the ride about 45 minutes. Don't rent a taxi, since gas is very expensive in Curacao, but rather get a guide. Our private tour guide for the day was about $200 for the four of us, and we were out for eight hours. She paid for entrance into all parks and beaches and helped us negotiate prices for food and souvenirs. We played Playa Aboa, Grotnip, and Sheet National Park. These were also the most beautiful beaches I've ever been to. I recommend bringing water shoes and sandals since it, to get in the water is a little rocky in the first couple feet, but after that, it's perfect. We tried Lumpia for about $2. It's like a hot uh, hot pocket spring roll and some kind of other peanut brittle, and this was all delicious. Make sure to get dropped off by Swing Bridge 2. I had some photos from the beach in Curacao, and let me tell you, these photos look amazing. Maybe I'll post some photos on our show notes at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Thank you, Jennifer, and again, this is something that I really hope that we can start doing here as a regular... Bit here on the show with just sharing excursion ideas. And maybe it's important that someone's asked about, maybe it's not. But if you've got a really good idea for an excursion, be it something that Royal Caribbean offers or something you found on your own, we'd love to hear about it. So just email me, Matt at Royal Caribbean Blog.com. We'll read some of the great recommendations that you all have. Because obviously, between our experience, I think we're going to be able to cover quite a bit. And I'll tell you, this beach here in Curacao looks absolutely amazing. The water is just crystal clear blue. It's, it's basically when you think about a Caribbean beach in your head, close your eyes, think about the perfect Caribbean beach. This is what you're thinking about in your head. Next, we have an email from Paul Jones of Marlowe, United Kingdom. If possible, I need some help and with your vast knowledge of Royal Caribbean. I'm sure sometimes things happen where cruisers can't travel at the last minute and they were replaced by another person. A group of eight have, thir- have a 13-night cruise booked on Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas to see the Canary Islands in September, sailing from and returning to Southampton, UK. One member of a party of a friend has a serious- was in a serious motor accident, which left them unable to cruise. The cruise position for the person is fully paid with a paid ultimate drinks package and several special restaurants that are pre-booked and all paid for, including four excursions. As you can see, a lot of money has been spent. And the question I want to know is, if we have someone else who can take their spot in place of the friend, what do I have to do to get the person replaced? With a name change on the cruise with all the other items that were paid up front. We took your advice and booked through a travel agent. We want to find out how much would it cost to get the person changed and... What is the minimal amount of time you can do this before your sale date? There are 10 weeks, 70 days before our sale date. We've already checked in, so that will have to be canceled for my friend and rechecked in for the new person. I shall be listening to all your advice and take action as quickly as possible. Thanks for your advice now and in the past. P.S. My wife listens to your podcast every week and thinks you're God's gift to cruising. (laughs) That's awesome, Paul. You're playing into what? I think Joe was saying earlier that we're, we're all narcissistic, but nonetheless, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So I did a little bit of research. I contacted my good friend, Annette from I MEI mean, Travel, and said, Annette, what can we do? What can Paul do in this situation? And what she said, essentially, here's the rule. The rule essentially is, as long as one name is staying the same in the reservation, so let's say, Paul, you and me are going on a cruise together. Hey, then we're talking. And we're going on a cruise together, and I can't go on the cruise anymore. So I'm going to have – your wife is going to take my spot. So we change your – you know, Matt goes to whatever your wife's name happens to be, Mrs. Paul Jones, and she goes on the reservation. But you're still on there, so that's cool. So again, as long as you have at least one person staying on there, it doesn't matter. Otherwise, you're essentially making a new reservation, and that would kind of go against the rules and it would be a new booking. Uh, So if you do that, if at least you can maintain one person from there, you'll – theoretically, there should be no charge. And the rule also seems to be that as long as you do it up to 48 hours prior to sailing, you shouldn't, and emphasis on shouldn't, have a problem with that. You probably should do it a lot sooner than that wait 48 hours before. And uh, essentially, the the issue is, and I'm trying to say this in the best way possible, it kind of depends who you talk to. This is one of those weird things Royal Caribbean does. And my advice to you or to your travel agent, because your travel agent should be doing this for you, Paul, is have them call up. If you don't get the answer you're looking for, hang up, call back again. I know that sounds kind of weird, but essentially, there's some situations where we've heard reports that it, that they do charge, and we've heard reports they don't charge. But my advice to you is call back until you get the person who says you, they won't charge you for it. And it's it's kind of I know it's kind of a wishy-washy answer, but it's the truth. And so that what I'm saying is, if when you call and they're like, "Oh well, I'm sorry, Paul, it's you're gonna we're gonna have to charge you," whatever the case may be. I would say, oh, okay, thanks very much, they hang up, call back again, and you know, give it a couple times and, and see if you can't get the answer you're looking for. It's. <laughs> I wish there was a better way I could explain it, but it seems in, in kind of our collective experience between me and Annette here, we've just run into a situation where theoretically it should be no charge, but sometimes they kind of throw that at you, but I would try a couple times at least before you give in necessarily. But I think you got enough time to, to be able to make the change. That's the good news. And I would just be vigilant with your attempts to uh, get it all changed there. So, all right, let's get another email. We have an email from somebody who didn't put their name. Don't forget to put your name in your emails so that we can give you credit. So it's from somebody who wrote, we chose the Oasis of the Sea sailing in Eastern Caribbean November 13th, 2016. Why don't they stop in San Juan, Puerto Rico when sailing that route? Is it a size or more of a logistic issue adding a stop that's a great question, actually. So the good news is, actually, Oasis of the Seas will be stopping in San Juan in, I believe, twenty sixteen, if the information I have is correct. Essentially, it was, I think, mostly the size issue. I know that they're gonna be refurbishing or renovating Pier 3 in San Juan that'll be able to handle the ship. Because again, remember a lot of these ports had to be able to be had to have their piers expanded to be able to handle a ship of this size, and for quite a while, in fact, there weren't many ports in the world that can allow it. And it's only recently now that more and more parts are allowing because they recognize that A, ships are getting bigger, and B, they want to be able to accommodate everything. So, it's kind of something that's been a work in progress. So I think more than anything, it's going to be an issue just that they didn't have a facility that could accommodate it, but Puerto Rico is going into kind of a uh, a situation where they're going to be upgrading it, and it sounds like during the summer of 2016, ships the size of of Oasis of the Seas, or even its sister ships, will be able to stop in San Juan. So, uh, you might want to actually relook at your what you got booked there because it's a beautiful port, obviously, San Juan. And if you can go on it there when you're on a waste of the Seas, even better. It's a great place to be able to stop. And so, yeah, the good news is it's coming. But you, uh, it sounds like it won't be at least until the summer of 2016. If that schedules, that timetable still applies. I mean, for all we know, there could have been delays in the construction and what have you. So that may have changed it. So good question, though. That's uh, some good information to be able to share. We also have an email from Doug from Boston, Massachusetts. Just listened to episode 96 of the podcast and have definitely become a big fan. As someone who does a little bit of podcasting, I know how hard it can be to get episodes out, especially on a regular schedule. The episodes are just the right length, not too long, not too short. My girlfriend and I just booked our first cruise for the end of January 2016 after dealing with all the snow in Boston this past February. It'll be on Adventure of the Sea, so if we're lucky, we'll get some tips from Beth before we go. The second full episode, the second full day of the cruise will be my birthday, and I was wondering if you had any suggestions of things we could do to take advantage of the occasion to market. Thanks in advance. Keep up the great work. P.S. We've already decided to make sure we drink a doozy for you. Doug, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you very much for the honor. First of all, the compliments. That's so very nice. And I appreciate that you're going to have a drink Matter. Be sure to send me a photo of said drink so that I can look at it longly and sigh and wish I could be having one too. But I, I swear, even though I'll be shedding a tear, It'll be for good because I, uh, I love me a lot of doozy. That's an awesome thing to be able to do on a cruise, and I'm so glad you'll be able to have one for you. So you're having a birthday. How do you celebrate your birthday on a Royal Caribbean cruise? What's the best way to do it? So there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, you won't be a surprise per se, but you could <laughs> order for yourself some birthday decorations. Uh, the gifts and gear section... Royal Caribbean's website, you can go there and pre-order a certain celebration stuff on there. So you get a bottle of champagne, you could get decorations for your stateroom. There's a couple of things you could do. Again, I think this is probably best a surprise, but hey, if you want to make it about yourself and be let everyone know it's your birthday, it's a great idea. It's not terribly expensive either to be able to do that, and it's something kind of cool to be able to do. I would say the other things you should look into doing, go to a specialty restaurant. Book something that's going to be really fun for you to be able to do, kind of a special night out. And, and take advantage of that. That's, I think, probably a great way to be able to to. I'm not just gonna cap off the evening because I'm sure you'll be doing something else after that, but a good way to celebrate the evening as well. Also along those lines, you can order a cake from the Gifts and Gear section so if you want to have a special birthday cake. The other thing is tell everybody on the ship it's your birthday. Tell the head waiter especially that it will be your birthday in advance. I'll just show up there on the day. But try to tell them in advance that, hey, on day two, it'll be my birthday. Make sure that your reservation, that you're actually, you're booking, so if you book the travel agent or if you book the Royal Caribbean directly, call them and let them know that it's going to be your birthday. So you can make a note on there. You know, they may or may not do special things. We've seen them bringing out a special dessert for you and whatever you're eating. Uh, There can be, you know, you never know; it's a, it's a surprise, right? Who knows? Maybe you'll dine with the captain. <laughs> but it helps; they have to know about it. They're not mind readers, and they have to be able to be aware of it. So make sure you make a note that it's it, your special occasion you're celebrating on this cruise happens to be your birthday, and it can be kind of you know kind of a cool thing to do. Otherwise, I'm not sure. I mean, you just you know take it organically and kind of check out the ship on your first day, and kind of see what's out there and what interests you. Maybe save certain things for your birthday. So maybe. You know, uh, if you were gonna maybe thinking about doing a massage at the spa, just do that on your birthday day. If you were going to do a seminar or you know, something else that's a little splurging, go for that as well. In fact, if you're gonna be having Lobadoozy, I'm guessing you're going to Labadee. I'm not sure, but if you're going there, if you're going to one of the private islands, Coco K or Labadee, perhaps you go reserve if you can, one of the cabanas, or again, little ways that you can kinda celebrate it that way. To me, what I enjoy about it, if it were me on on my birthday on my on a ship, I would just want people to, to do things I really really love. So it would be like you know going to my favorite restaurant. So for me that would be probably early dinner at Izumi and then late dinner at Sabor <laughs> so I can have sushi and Max. I don't have to pick. That's the best kind of thing. And just doing the kind of things you enjoy. So hopefully that'll give you kind of some insight as to what to do for your birthday. And of course, if any of our listeners have any insight as to what to do on one's birthday on a Royal Caribbean cruise, I'd love to hear about that. And I'd also love to hear about really anything on your mind about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise. This is your podcast after all, and I want to make sure that we have a forum for you to be able to talk Royal Caribbean with me each and every week. So send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at blog.com matt at blog.com So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.